Welcome back, everybody. This is episode 7 of the Audio Autopsy Podcast. As usual, my name is Mason Marshall. Joining me again, I've got Michael Sletta. It's good to be back. Martin Thompson. Yep. How are you guys doing? Not bad, yeah. It's the end of August. School is starting for a lot of people, but I start until like the 9th of September, so I've got quite a break left to oh, man. bum around. So lucky. Nice. And you? Yeah, I start classes tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah. Um, but it was my birthday, so I've just been kind of taking it easy and hanging out with a lot of different people. Sure. That's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Wow. Like a lot six. of different people, actually. Six many people. And why don't you tell the world how old you are, Michael? Uh, 13. Wow. Plus nine. Plus nine? Oh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. That's a standard way to express it. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. And you, Macer? Just chilling. Perpetually. <laughs> perpetually <laughs> trying to get colder. It's August <laughs> in Minnesota. We'll just... We need to chill. Yeah. I mean, Seriously, you know, halfway though. through summer, so... Okay. Yeah. Chilling. Um... But we're here to talk about music, I guess. So, uh, what have you guys been listening to? I had the two albums from last week. The one I gave Barrett, uh, Beneath the Skin by of Monsters and Men. And then you gave me Blood by Leon Le Havas, both of which I've been enjoying. Haven't looked too much further than those two albums. Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. And Michael? Um, I have been listening to a lot of, um, his name is Chase uh, Huglin, I think. That's how you pronounce it. Um, he's signed with a very small record label in Vogue records and they do a lot of like, uh, it, it's kind of, it's very like an emo label, you know? Okay. Um, so a lot of the artists are very like, um, poetry or acoustic or that sort of thing. Um, but it's all really, really good. And, um, the artists that they do sign their lyrics are always relatable, you know, they're always emotionally driven and really good stuff and he played in morris recently and uh his show was really really cool it was a very small venue so everyone was up close like personal with him On and stage. he would walk really close to the crowd and whatnot and sing you know without his mic and stuff really it was a cool show he was a cool guy sent me a friend request on facebook is he still like um, a small artist kind yep. of like in the midwest here yeah but he's touring right now with another group from california or i think they're still touring together um and he's got one lined up to tour in canada coming up like as himself as an opener or as a musician um as a musician like okay. his, he's a solo artist okay um it's just him and a, an acoustic guitar um but, but yeah signed, so i've been so cool i've been listening to him um he just put out an ep it's really hilarious comes in, in a cassette tape Ooh. and it's got drake on the front Wait, what? <laughs> it's Ouch. really it's really funny <laughs> um, yes yeah, so i've been listening to that what's it uh, called it's called glow Glow by Charles... Chase. Chase. Huglin. Huglin. H-U-G-L-I-N. Huglin. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's what I've been listening to. Lots of stuff. Yeah. Mason. Yeah. Um, Blood. Same album as Martin. I've just been listening to Pulsing Blood. Pulsing basically. Blood. Yep. Well, uh, we have been track. We know. have been sampling some random stuff around. Uh, so, you know, it's not too <laughs> far-fetched, actually. Um... <laughs> There's also the hidden track on uh, My Chem's Black Parade album. What's that? Called Blood. Okay. It's like six minutes long, but only like two minutes of it is song. Yeah. There's just silence. Why do we... Okay, can we talk about why <laughs> artists do that? 
Is it because you release the track listing names and then you want one more surprise? Or I've never understood why. I feel like it was more relevant back when CDs were still a thing. Because, like, you put a CD and you don't have the information on your iTunes, on your mm-hmm. digital music accounts. Yeah. So, like, you put a CD and you're not looking at any titles or anything. So but if you have the CD, you do. You have, like, the booklet. No, they don't have they to don't, put it in there. They don't there. put it in the booklet, though. Whereas MP3, there's going to be a, an additional file. It's, like, hidden track one, you know, after. <laughs> no, but they still do it. Like, of Monsters and Men, little uh, their first album... They had, you know, it's like just 40 fun. seconds of silence and then like two minutes of another song. Just tagged yeah, like AWOL Nation. Yeah. Um, it's just fun. Because we can. Yeah. 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 Uh, that and Black Messiah by D'Angelo. Oh, yeah. More Compton. Uh, actually, before we get into sort of our review-ish segment, um, Michael, the Sletta, and I. Martin didn't come because he's a loser. Um, that's the only explanation. Yeah. Yeah, uh, we went to see Straight Outta Compton yesterday. What do you think, Michael? I thought it was a fantastic movie. Um, as a fan of a lot of the old school rap, with you know your Wu Tang, the good rap, yeah, the good <laughs> rap, you know Wu Tang, Biggie, N.W.A. Um, like it's just it's a good history lesson, especially if you're not aware of how the kind of modern scene came about, mm. springing up in the early '90s. Um, to the late, two, you know, that whole decade, the 90s decade, um, really was a big push for hip-hop, R&B, rap, um, and our rap legends came out of that decade, Eminem, Tupac, Biggie Smalls, um, you know, Dr. Dre, and so I feel like that movie did that scene um, a lot of justice, you know, you get to learn where, what kind of community this music sprang out of, the story behind it, and uh mm. And it's unfortunate that a lot of rap now doesn't have a lot of that sort of emotional meaning behind it. It's a lot of like live in large and, you know, I got money, I got cars. Yep. And some like I can't say that all rap is like that right now because there are some groups that do still talk about, you know, like hardships or growing up. But it's a lot less common now. Yep. So if you are unfamiliar well, I would say, so, if you like hip-hop, rap, R&B, it's a must-see. If you like movies, it's a must-see. If you like music, it's a must-see. All around, just, it's a must-see movie. I was just going to ask, like, take the, the like, personal element, the, the history yeah. out of it, and is it a good movie as a movie? Oh, oh yeah. absolutely. I think it could win. I think it's a contender for Best, pi- best Picture of the Year, actually. Um, would you agree? I, I thought mean, it was really good. I haven't seen, like, Mad Max was really good, too, but I haven't seen much else that's not in that same level as, like, this Compton or... Okay. As th- this year, at least. Well, I mean, like, Star Wars isn't coming out this year, so... Yeah, but... As a movie, I felt it had a couple of extra little tidbits that weren't really necessary, and it got a little weird at the end. Um, yeah. The, the theme of it kind of just entirely shifts gears for the last, like, 20 minutes. <laughs> and if, so that was awkward. It was weird. Um, it, I, it's still a great movie. Yeah. But If you if you are unfamiliar, it starts off following M- NWA. The, I guess the two or three main characters of the movie is uh, Dr. Dre, Ice Cube, and Eazy-E. And um, it starts off with... Uh, Ice Cube, Dr. Dre, and Easy all getting together trying to uh, record their own album. And then it follows the story of how all of them evolved into their own and started this 
industry, you know, almost single-handedly kind of thing. Dre's guys, now a businessman. Yeah, yep. I mean, Dre's a multi-billionaire now, and Ice Cube's Ice Cube, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, but it's it's really fascinating, and the acting's good. It's uh, Ice Cube is played by Ice Cube's son. And he plays Ice Cube better than Ice Cube plays Ice Cube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Ice Cube's in, like, Are We There Yet, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's so... <laughs> you either die a rapper or live long enough to see yourself in kids' movies. <laughs> but, uh, no, I... It's a, yeah, yeah, like Michael said, it's a good history lesson. And it shows, you know, what it was like growing up in, you know, this area at this time and where a lot of the music came from. Quick question. Um, this kind of just occurred to me. There's a criticism of like superhero films that we like them just because we like the characters. And if you took that element out of it, the legacy it, of it, it you would, mean? yeah, you took all that canon out and all that personal, like, oh, I remember <laughs> Iron Man. Like, you take all that out, these aren't really good movies. Oh, yeah. But, you know, these, these music icons have sort of taken on a superhero like status. So is this a similar I thing? Actually, like, that somewhat, but I think it's still a good movie. I brought okay. it up last night after the movie like there are a couple like i guess quote unquote cameos mm-hmm. um where like you know snoop dog shows up yes. or it's you know an actor portraying young snoop um and then like there's tupac is in there you know mm-hmm. and it's like oh i, I love this tupac. movie because i love tupac because he's dead yeah <laughs> like sure. and so like i brought that you know i mentioned that to mason how i feel like yeah that could that same effect where like oh i you know i think i like this guy because he was famous once Mm-hmm. But the Heath Ledger effect. Yep. But oh. it's still take that take the legacy of it away, and it'd still be a good movie. Okay, sure. Because the acting's good, and the yeah. cinematography's good, and whatever. It'll be interesting to compare it to. Uh, there's been similar films made, but another biopic of Kurt Cobain is coming out this fall, I believe, yeah. called okay. Montage of Heck. And it'll be interesting. I think it's Montage a different... of Heck. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that hurts. Very like uh, <laughs> PG name. And I mean, I feel like they're different. This, I don't think the Kurt Cobain film styles itself as much as a drama. It's more of like this is, you know, an auto or a biography. I mean, to say kind of like the Michael Jackson one that came out last year. Sure. And uh, so it was just interesting to compare to see how they handle that. Yeah. Yeah. This was very much Hollywood, Universal Pictures. Okay. You know. Um. And I don't. I you know verbatim i don't know their lives and i don't know the history you know point to point every single detail of these guys lives but there is very little of that like if you look back and read different um biographies and stuff um there's very little of that movie that was actually like fiction yeah that's what like it seemed to be this a good representation of where like the reason what if you watch the, their interactions with the police and their family life, you know, it, it paints a whole different picture of how these guys, the, the industry they developed, you know, and the success stories of these guys and the emotions behind their music. And it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Dre Ice Cube Easy just started with, started from the bottom. I hate to use a, a Drake line, but, you know, now they're huge. <laughs> And they've they've pioneered a whole music industry that's you know it's interesting. Go watch it. Done. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Although, and then if you've listened to the soundtrack to Compton, I don't think there's any of the songs in it actually. <laughs> I have not actually listened to that soundtrack yet. Well, you've so. listened to the soundtrack in that you've watched the movie. But 
yeah i don't i don't understand why it's called the soundtrack probably because it's it's yeah i don't know anyway um i guess we could talk about compton now then the, the soundtrack <laughs> <laughs> it's good it's definitely that core rap it's not the bs of today's it criticizes that, right? They isn't a uh, satisfaction on it again, like mm-hmm. a updated version of that, mm-hmm. I believe. Yeah, it's it's definitely back to it's Dre, so it's you know, it's from the pi- Dre and Snoop and whatever Eminem's in it, and from the pioneers of the genre, and it's you know, it's it's good, and I I kept waiting to hear it in the movie. <laughs> and that threw me off every time I listened, you know, every, when I listened to it afterwards. And but, uh, yeah, no, it's good. I'd say listen to it because of, again, because of the legacy behind it as well. It's Dre's third, you know, self album. And there was a song in there about how to, like a domestic situation that gets mm-hmm. out of hand. Like that was pretty unsettling. So it's very a, dark. It's yeah, very be warned. It's a very dark album. Yeah. Um, but it ends with people like, you know, carrying a body and like, oh man, what'd you do? Oh, oh. Mm-hmm. It's like, I wasn't expecting this. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That kind of took me by surprise. Mm-hmm. But, uh, cause they like you, you oftentimes hear music that they reference this sort of stuff and, and this strife or whatever, but this, this did, and then stayed on it and got deeper. And then it turned into like a the scene. thing. The thing about these guys though, is they're all about not being afraid to talk about the real shit. Mm. and like, go there and do yeah. that when no one else would i'm just all about the base so actually there's a Absolutely. line there's a line in um you got to watch compton but there's a line in it um where the police are or uh, the interviewers are talking about um fuck the police mm-hmm. and uh he's like you know our art comes from oh, what is what is the exact line i'm actually pulling it up right now um well it's just talking about their art and does it does it uh sensualize um violence and crime Ooh. and um sensationalize i mean sensualize it is a <laughs> ice cubes line um to one of the interviewers um got brought up as like if rap is even an art something along those lines because you know back then it wasn't accepted you know it wasn't an acceptable form of Music. It wasn't anything. We People don't were like just yeah. it off. And yeah, and so his line was, uh, our art is a reflection of our re- reality. Okay, and, uh, so it's going to be crass. It's going to be gritty. Yep, and exactly. And then the first half of the movie shows, like, it starts Raids off. houses. It starts off with, a, like, a tank raiding a house. The first scene, yeah, yep. is a drug bust. Yep, and uh, and then, that, like, you know, the, the uh, Rodney case plays a mm-hmm. big prevalent role in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't know what that is, just look it up. Um, and if you don't know what it is, you should probably know what it is. But uh, that plays a big role in it. And then that's actually throughout the whole movie. Um, you know, the NWA is following this case. And that played a huge in- integral part of that uh, that decade, actually. But, yeah. All right. It's very interesting. And the album, the album's good. The movie's good. Check them both out. Cool. I'll have to pick up the album. On a, on a kind of a different note, Mason recommended to me Blood by Leon Le Havas. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a pretty fantastic album in a genre I didn't expect myself to like so much. She's, um, I think, she's from London. She's definitely from England. Um, and she does a, a soul uh, 
music kind of singer-songwriter feel. And she has one song. A From the Roots kind of feel. Yeah. Like, um, It's What You Don't Do. That's just, it's like the love song. It's I, good. I it's, it's, it's such so a good. Go. It's like, it's not, you don't need to say the cheesy things. I just get it. You're here. You don't have to play any of these games. It's mm-hmm. So it's a fantastic song on that level, the message. And it's just simple. Like I know the, you love me. I don't need proof. Yeah. Yeah. And And then, okay, if you don't need to dive into the lyrics, just listen to it. And it's got a feel like big speakers doing something in your house. Like it sounds great. Or headphones, she has a, just good pair of headphones. Yeah, That's how I love to. She has a voice that really mm-hmm. it cuts through. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, she's going to go on tour this fall. It's her second album. She had one out in 2012, um, signed in 2010. This is her second album. She'll tour. She'll like crisscross East Central Europe and the United States and then back to Central Europe and then back to the United States. So I don't know how they plan that, but <laughs> the dates go all over the board. <laughs> She's coming to Varsity Theater in Minneapolis October 6th for local listeners. Ooh. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can get tickets still, but that's it's got to be a good show. Somebody who's not you know, uh, like a sensationally headline, well-known person coming to a small venue like the Varsity. It's just it's going to be a great performance, I think. Yeah. It'll be intimate and fun. That's the best part about going to small venues and et cetera. Actually, taking it back to kind of the uh, classic rap scene, I had uh, Black Messiah by D'Angelo. Mm-hmm. And that was, um, Martin's got some information on it. Uh, what did you, you pulled up, it's after a 14-year hiatus. Let's see. Yeah, he had a, he had Voodoo in 2000. Uh, album Voodoo, and that had a worldwide tour, topped charts, and then he had like personal issues with. I don't think this is generalizing, and I guess I don't know his history intimately. But you haven't interviewed him personally, so no, you can't so, know for sure. <laughs> but uh, the the narrative I kind of see is over these these past fourteen fifteen years is uh that that sudden attention and the spotlight put on you that didn't go well. He had family and domestic issues and drug problems and was in and out of rehab, and then this. This album is kind of him turning back towards music and producing it. And it was actually set to come out in 2015, but the events in Ferguson, Missouri prompted him to release it early. So it was out December of 2014, I believe. Yeah. Um, so it's it's kind of it's taken by surprise at the... It's kind of a raunchy rap. Um, there's some, there's some very... Uh, meaningful songs on it and then there's some that are just like this yeah. is you know it's yeah like some of the meaningful he he does good wordplay with like we want to change but got chalk lines instead and so like that's okay definitely coming off of uh current issues yep. and then other ones are like okay you're an attractive man who wants to have a lot of sex got it yep. <laughs> <laughs> i'm uh, i'm with it there's a lot of instrumental featuring in that oh yeah uh, that's as well a good point uh talk about the music a little uh, well, I mean, if you know rap, there's a lot of, they do a lot of, it can be all over the place with its uh, instrumental features. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lots of keyboards sometimes, lots of keyboards sometimes, whatever. It's <laughs> all over the place. And this is uh, kind of an orchestral sound sure. in some parts. Bluesy almost, yeah. jazzy. It's good. Yeah, it's interesting. A lot of this album, he wanted to do the instrumentation himself. I don't know if that made it into the final cut, but when he was recording and he wanted... Um, any instrumentation in the background, he was the one 
plucking it out, which I thought was an interesting element. I don't know if they got studio musicians for the final cut, but... And now, a word from our sponsors. Thank you for that message. If you guys couldn't really tell, that phone call wasn't quite up to the quality standard that we use on our mics. That was actually a short message from Spectracide's 16-ounce aerosol Carpenter Bee and Ground Nesting Yellow Jacket Killer Foam. This is an inspiring can of uh, carpet bee, or Carpenter Bee Killer that really just wants to be used. Um, we're going to tell you exactly why you should get this can. And uh, I don't want you to be confused. This isn't the actual... Um, Spectracide 16 ounce aerosol carpenter bee and foam nesting yellow jacket killer foam uh, brand, but this is the individual can that we're advertising um, because it's it it wants to do great things specifically. You might be wondering how we picked this up. Uh, recall last week that we had a sponsor from beekeeperlinda.blogspot.com, and really I thought that beekeeping was going to be a, a major turning point in my life. I was really hopeful, but over the past week. It's gotten out of hand, and some of our viewers, listeners, have responded. Uh, Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers recently said he is becoming a beekeeper, and more power to him, but I just I couldn't handle them. They're irresponsible. They don't um, clean up after themselves. They, they borrow my vehicles and don't bring them back with gas. They party all night long. It's absurd. And they listen to the same music over and over. It's like this low bass humming crap. You know, I don't want to upset my fellow beekeepers on beekeeperlinda.blogspot.com, but the calling is no longer there. No. These carpenter bees are just too much of a nuisance. Actually, this Spectracide 16-ounce aerosol carpenter bee and ground-nesting yellow jacket killer foam reached out to me knowing that we were going to have such a terrible experience uh, from the influence of beekeeperlinda.blogspot.com. Yeah, it was actually in the online form of beekeeperlinda.blogspot.com uh, under a pseudonym of Bees Boys with Z's that this 16-ounce aerosol carpenter bee and ground nesting yellow jacket killer foam contacted Mason not two days ago, saw his plight, and and thought he could really help out. So we're giving a shout-out to model number HG53371, internet number 20301218, store SKU247691. Thank you. Now, again, this is an aspiring can of Spectracide 16 ounce aerosol, carpenter bee and ground nesting, yellow jacket killer foam. Um, if you want to reach out to him, call him up. You know, he might be able to help you out with all your carpenter bee problems. Uh, but we also don't want to offend beekeeperlinda.blogspot.com and its fellow uh, users because this was just not our calling. Mm-hmm. We understand if you enjoy this. Flea, you want to be a beekeeper. More power to you. Yeah, and I know you're listening right now, Flea. Um, so do your thing, but, uh, this was just, wasn't for us. Yep. So the other album we had to talk about this week was Beneath the Skin, uh, of Monsters and Men's second big studio album. And I thought it really stayed true to their form. I know of Monsters and Men have been compared to, uh, what's that band? They have Mumford and Sons? Yeah, Mumford and Sons. Perfect. Um, They've been compared to Mumford and Sons before, and I know when they came out with a new album, or late last year, or this year was it, um, Mumford and Sons was really just criticized for, you went poppy, you you strayed from all the fans, mm-hmm. you know, driving elements of their music, and I don't think it really got great reviews, but this is an example of where a band has stayed just 
Oh, it's still there. All the music is that. Uh, if you don't know, of Monsters and Men are this Icelandic. Uh, you know the song "Little Talks." You know, the, yeah, and that's a perfect example of where it's uh, heavy strings, great uh, backing percussion, and their songs don't. The emotional component never comes from like interpersonal love or strife or hate or any of that. It's always in this sort of like mythos. You have uh, like animal references and the sun and the moon and the the rain is features a lot in this latest album. And so I, I like that because it's all metaphor or it's all allegory for their personal lives. But you never actually talk about people necessarily. Um, songs like You're the King and I'm the Lionheart. Uh, you know, you don't actually talk about the two people in the relationship, but you use, you use metaphors like that. And that continues through to Beneath the Skin. Crystals is the single they tease the album with, and that's, uh, you know, fantastic song. Um, it goes right through. It's got 13 songs, true to their form, I think. It feels like maybe they had a little more help in the studio. Um, there were times in their first album where they were really okay with just, no, it's just the female singer and no other sound, you know or just one instrument. And now it's it's a more full, rich, you've engaged more people. But I think it's, I mean, it's got great reviews and I agree with them. It's not blowing up. It doesn't have another little talks, kind of like skyrocketing mm-hmm. song. Crystals is doing all right, but um, yeah, more power to him. Mason, did you like it? I, no, I didn't listen to it at all, actually. That was for Barrett. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry, but. Uh... That's cold. Yeah. No, uh, well, listen to it. Well, since you liked it, I probably won't. Yeah, just yeah. by default. That's understandable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Command, Mason won't ever listen to this album because Martin likes it. Done. Alt-delete. One final thought on the album. Um, I worry that it might have a similar role in a listener's life that Megalithic Symphony by AWOL Nation had, where Sale became really popular. And then people didn't really listen to their other music. We've talked about this, how all those other songs on that album are quite different than Sale. Unlike that, um, of Monsters and Men have, like like I said, a very cohesive sound. So check out this album. And if you only know little talks from My Head is an Animal, their first album, check out Dirty Paws, King and Lionheart, and Your Bones. I mean, like at least like the first tracks off the album. And you'll know whether you like them as a whole or not, because I really think you will. So what else do we have to talk about, ladies? Anything? Uh, I just found that 21 Pilots do uh, little episodes when they're on tour and in the studio. So if you don't know, they released an album, which was our first, our first episode, actually, Blurry Face, this spring. And they're going to keep that going on something like a 10 or 11 month international tour. Um but they had a very strong grassroots start, strong fan base that supported them when they were just two guys trying to make good music. And I think keeping in line with that dedication to your original fan base, they put all these episodes out, and they're on YouTube. Um, they'll have like 10,000 views or something like that, but they're good just kind of keeping it personal. You know, it's not edited. It's just them talking. But that's, yeah, yeah it's about the end of the music news in my world, Michael. I got nothing. Okay. Actually, though, I got something. Uh, next week, I've been in contact with a uh, girl named Anjali Madhawk, and uh, she is sort of a folk, very indie artist from Minneapolis. And um, I'm going to actually suggest to either one of you guys, to Michael the Sletta. 
Yeah, I've kind of listened to a little bit of her stuff. I'm going to suggest to both of you, and everyone listening, actually, uh, the album's on SoundCloud. It's called Feel Things by Anjali Madhok. And uh, we'll actually play some of the music on the podcast, too, in case you don't get a chance to listen to it. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Got some intro-outro music for next episode. That'll be good. Yep. In a similar vein, I heard the song Broken Over You by Grace Mitchell. She's a singer-songwriter from the West Coast. And yeah. I liked it. It's a little. It's not just like, oh, you're a person with acoustic guitar who can write some songs. I think it's like it's got like a little something more to it. But I want to check it out in greater detail. So Mason, I'm gonna give you her two EPs, which basically add up to an album. One is Design, and the other one is Race Day. Design was out last year, and Race Day is out this year. Yeah. So a total of like eight, nine songs. Yeah. Basically an album. For that. Yeah. All right. Well. I'm going to recommend to both of you, since Mason's recommending to Martin and I. We can't do this. This is getting out of hand. We can't change this late in the game. We're doing it. Um, So both of you are going to listen to the Predator album. It's Ice Cube's album from 1992. Mm -hmm. Ooh, relevant. Mm -hmm. Relevant. It is. I suppose it's not totally out of the vein, because I'm sure not a lot of people actually listen to that album these days. Before we go... I just want to say goodbye and tune in next week for a word from our sponsors.